Football is back, and right now, Bet365 are offering a wide range of markets, including first, last, or anytime goal scorers. With over 45 million members, it's the world's favourite online betting company. We've got wall-to-wall Premier League football with games being played nearly every day, and with Bet365 Bet Builder, you can combine match results, players to score, numbers of goals, and more to create your own personalised bet. And if you can't watch all the games live with Bet365's Match Live feature, you can follow every moment through live graphics and text. Bet365 is the world's favourite online sport betting company. The app can be downloaded from Google Play and Apple App Store. Over 18s only, please gamble responsibly. Welcome to Why Always Us, the Athletics Manchester City podcast. The game with Burnley has just finished. I'm David Mooney and I've watched the game from home. With me is Sam Lee, who's been in the Etihad. Hi, Sam. Hello. To celebrate the return of the Premier League, we're offering 40% off a subscription with The Athletic for a limited time only. Go to theathletic.com forward slash mancitypod to sign up for less than £3 a month. At The Athletic, we care about every club with a dedicated journalist for each team. So sign up now to enjoy unrivaled coverage and insight of all 20 sides as the season reaches its belated conclusion. Um, speaking of belated conclusion, Sam, it's uh, obviously City have, uh, well, they've, they've made mincemeat of Burnley there tonight. <laughs> Yeah, um, obviously, I mean, people might not have realised, I only uh, realised earlier in the day how much of a mess Burnley are in. You know, when you focus so much on City, sometimes they're actually playing and the ins and outs can escape you. And it was, yeah, I was told that they've only got so many fit players. They've got, none of their players are out of contract we're going to be able to play. And then later on, that found out, yeah, they wouldn't be filling their bench. And then when you see City's bench, even after making all those changes from Arsenal, you just think... This could be brutal. To be, to be fair, to be fair, I did think with a team completely changed like that, if they'd have tried that during the season, I don't think it would have. I don't think it would have worked. But now, obviously, now everything's changed. And what I wrote last week after the Arsenal game, and now you take everything else away from it, and this is basically just decided on technical ability and game plans and the quality of the coaching. It's it's going to be brutal, really. I mean, it took it, it was an unusual City goal to kick things off, you know, just a, a short corner and a goal from the edge of the box. But once they got that, that was the end of it. Well, I was going to say, like, it, it feels as as a fan of the club, I I feel now like like City are in a really good position off, off this restart. They it feels like they've been able to blow all the cobwebs, all, all the problems that they had pre coronavirus seem to have just been forgotten about and they're playing football like I remember the City playing football from a couple of years ago when you know the two times they've won the title and it's almost as if it feels a little I'm a little bit disappointed that they've that they weren't able in in the the actual bulk of the season to respond to all those setbacks to be able to to kind of do it again do you know what I mean yeah um and I think in a weird way I think that's why they're so good and fresh now because part of the problem during the season was that I think they were as confused as anybody else when they were you know when they scored a late what they thought winner at Newcastle and then conceded again at that point you know they were looking around the changing room going what is going on here you know when they go to Spurs create all them chances play really well and then lose I don't think they had any answers they were as at a loss as anyone else especially in that Spurs game where they actually played really well so I think that's why it's much better now because they've had that mental break. They've they've been able to get away from everything and just completely reset. So they've not only kind of recharged physically, which a lot of them have needed, because you know Bernardo Silva played a hell of a, a season last year and then played for Portugal in the summer, and obviously Mares played for Algeria until like seven days before the Community Shield. 
So they needed that. But they also needed that that mental break, not just from football, because you know players don't get a long break, but just having problems that they didn't really know how to fix. I wrote last week that they'd be hoping for a reset and I know look, Arsenal have got their problems and so have Burnley. And maybe I mean maybe we'll know more when it's Chelsea and Liverpool. But yeah, it could, it could you, be a bit could be premature this, couldn't it? <laughs> yeah, you can't, but you can't keep kicking the can down the road. What city are you doing? The way they're coached, the way they're playing, is brilliant. Regardless of who they're playing against, um, they may not beat Liverpool, but they'll play. They'll play a good game, and I'm sure those those issues from earlier in the season are gone. And yeah, to go back to what you were saying about it's frustrating that they couldn't kind of click back into gear during the season. That was the problem. That you know the, the confidence was their confidence was quite low. Um, and that kind of helped them get stuck more and more in a rut. So, in a way, really, this is well. Nobody wants nobody wants what's happened in the world, but it, it has it has worked out well for City in a, in a in a footballing purely footballing point of view. Harry's sponsors Why Always Us, a podcast brought to you by The Athletic. Harry's was founded by Jeff and Andy, two ordinary guys who were sick and tired of overpriced razors. Jeff and Andy knew there was only one way to ensure quality, so they bought their own factory. And now by taking less profit, Harry's offers great quality products for a fair price. Their amazing quality blades are now almost half the price of the leading five-blade brand. Harry's trial set includes everything you need for a close, comfortable shave. As a listener of Why Always Us, you can start shaving with Harry's today by claiming your trial set for £3.95. Support our podcast and get your set delivered to you, including a razor handle, five-blade cartridge, foaming shave gel and travel blade cover by going to harrys.com forward slash why always us right now. That's harrys.com forward slash why always us. I'm going to go all Burt now, Sam, because uh, it's the 26th time that City have scored five or more in a Premier League game since Alex Ferguson retired. Uh, United just the once. So um, it, it kind of shows the direction of the two clubs. <laughs> yeah, that is quite remarkable, isn't it? There's, there's, I mean, if you look at the hat-tricks as well, Aguero's probably got about seven or eight and United probably haven't got any, or what, one or something like that. Um, so there's all kinds of things like that. Um, yeah, if you look at if you look at just the way City approach these games, and they don't, they just don't let up as well. I mean, obviously, they, you might have been thinking they might have got six or seven towards the end, but there was, there was a time down in the bottom... De Bruyne was completely free down the left and he wanted the ball from Otamendi on the switch but he didn't do it and he was annoyed by that. Somebody won it in the air and it went back. It would have gone back to Laporte. It went under his foot and he was annoyed and then Edison didn't pass to him quickly enough and he was annoyed. And um, He was stood right next to Guardiola as well and they were both really annoyed that they didn't get the attack starting again and that's... It's, 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 it's everything. It's absolutely everything. Um, they love they love playing football. They love playing football this way. They know exactly what they're doing, which is why you know they can go to Old Trafford and play two false nines and do it in fifteen minutes worth of training. They know exactly what they're doing, but they they don't let up as well. And obviously, look when you bring on the kind of subs that City can, it's it's brutal, really. And I mean, it is a shame league wise um, that yeah, you're right. Not not like I know what you said about City not being able to reset themselves during the season, but even to the extent of being. 10 points behind because if you're thinking 10 points behind Liverpool weren't great before the lockdown and obviously they've had a bit of a slow start now but if, if it was like 10 points or 7 points City would be thinking this is on but, could um, just get a bit nervy couldn't it but at the distance it is it's I mean now as it happens Liverpool can win the title at the Etihad which is frustrating <laughs> yeah it is but it makes it, I'll tell you why it's also frustrating because I might not be able to come <laughs> but obviously I'll find that that is not even first world problems that is like a superior tier of first world problems so I won't complain about that again sorry um, but I mean if you're thinking about look if City look this fresh and so clued up now 
it's all about the Champions League again obviously there's the FA Cup as well but it's all about the Champions League and if they can get 10 13 games under their belt if they win the FA Cup I think it would be and then go and play Real Madrid whether it's here or in Portugal with the format the way it is this year especially hardback City to win a game against anyone and look I know I know it's Arsenal I know it's Burnley I know they've got problems but the way they've come back that Champions League is looking quite exciting it is indeed. Uh, let's talk Phil Foden because he got man of the match in the stadium. He got man of the match on the telly. He was all over the place tonight. Wonderful. Um, two, I thought, two pretty good goals. He feels like he's really growing into that position now. It, it, like it's been a, it, for all the criticism that that Pep gets for not playing him enough. It feels like he's actually played a fairly decent chunk of this season. Yeah, well, this is it. Like there are times, and, and there definitely are times. When you feel like, oh, he should come on. I remember that Brighton game right back at the start of the season when I think they were 3-0 up and it was 20 minutes left and he brought on Bernardo Silva and then Bernardo Silva sort of straight away. But the logic behind that was Bernardo was a big player last year and now, you know, he's not playing so much at the start of the season. So, you know, his ego needs massage as well. You know, he needs minutes as well. But that was one of those times where you definitely think Ferdinand should be playing more. Um, And, yeah, if you look at the numbers, I remember doing this before the lockdown and I think... If he didn't include the Community Shield, he'd already played more before the lockdown in terms of minutes than he had in previous seasons. So in terms of Guardiola's plan for him and playing more minutes every season, he is doing that. And obviously, I think now between the, the sub game, last, the sub appearance last week and the 70 odd minutes here, he, he will have played more with um, eight games to go than he has before. So that plan is working. But the interesting thing for me, and I think I might write about this, he's supposed to be David Silva's successor in that number eight role, but... I know. I'm wondering if he can work on the left at times. You know, I don't think I don't think it's an ideal. I don't think he's an ideal uh, replacement for Sane. I think they need somebody who's actually like Sane, actually a winner. But um, it's certainly an option, and it does mean that he should have more chances of playing next season, more versatile. But you always get that problem when you're that versatile. You don't really nail down one position. But um, he's certainly shown that. Well, he's certainly shown again. You can't say anything other than he's shown that he's ready to to play as much as as you can imagine with three goals as well. He's the leading Premier League scorer in the month of June. So you can't argue with the numbers, can you? Um, <laughs> uh, you mentioned Sane there. We can't not talk about him. He came on uh, in, in the game. Um, what what do you think happens next with him? Um, is he sold for cheap to buy Munich or does he go on a free at the end of his contract? What, what's your gut instinct? Um, my gut instinct, based on the fact that what Guardiola said the other day and how he said it and when he said it, is they want to get it done and get it sorted. Now, I think, I do think most of the reason was because before that, he was asked um, if Sane is going to play or how much he's going to play. And he was kind of saying, now oh, we've got Foden, we've got Bernardo, we've got blah, blah, blah. And I, the vibe I got then was, okay, he's not going to play Sane too much. But obviously, when he was asked about his future, then Guardiola did that very Guardiola thing of just dropping the hammer and laying it all out and drawing the line in the sand there and kind of. Making making sure everybody knows what's going on. You know, it, it's it's Sane who doesn't want to be here. And I think when you get to that stage where the manager makes it that clear, because there are other ways you can you can handle this situation, that suggests to me that they want to draw a line in the sand. Um, I wonder if Bayern Munich will try and take advantage of that and go really low. Um, I did the article with Rafa Honigstein at the weekend, and Rafa's having his conversations with with the relevant people in Germany, and he thinks. It's possible, not that it's definitely going to happen, but it would be in character for Bayern uh, to, to make a low offer, not have City accept it, and then try and sign Sane on a, on a free next year with a big signing on fee. Now, obviously, that wouldn't 
you know, there's there's loads of danger from Bayern's point of view because you know if you're Real Madrid or something, why didn't you just go and offer him loads of money? But but I don't think it's as clear cut now as he's going to go in the summer because I think there is that possibility that Bayern might by try and lowball him and use the money for Kai Havertz or something like that. Um, but I gut feeling is. I think City might even come to a reluctant compromise. I mean, I'm, the number I've got in my head now, which I, people shouldn't read too much into this because it, it's just it's just how it feels to me. But I'm thinking now, of 40, 50 million pounds. That you know that might that might be as much as it gets. That that sort of that absolutely crushes me. I mean, I'm 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 gutted to be losing him anyway. I think he's a, a brilliant player. That I don't think we've seen the best of at City for the good stuff that we that we've seen from him, and I'm I'm going to be gutted to lose him. You know. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, you wouldn't want to lose him for for any money, but it's like obviously now, like it, it seems inevitable, barring like the maddest turnaround, which frankly isn't going to happen. You, you'd want to be getting hundred million for him at least. Unfortunately, I think they might have got that last summer if he'd have gone. But that's football sometimes. Um, I suppose in the new climate, fifty million if it was to be that, and you know it might be more, it might be less, but it's a, it's a decent chunk for City. It would make a lot to what they can spend and who they can spend it on, and I'm sure they've they've done the maths, and it would certainly suit City to. To move on from it, unfortunately, because obviously, as Guardiola made clear now, and it's good for everyone to have it out in the open, there's basically no way back. Well, one player that uh, could help with the situation ongoing with uh, with a with the attack and the uh, the front three is Riyad Mahrez. Um, he he had a he had a pretty quietly very good game tonight. Yeah, I think a lot of people would say quietly he's had a very good season. Um, I think I was saying. Before the lockdown, he was probably City's third most consistent player. I'd say De Bruyne, consistently good, that is, because there's a few consistently bad ones. Um, I'd, I'd probably say De Bruyne was the best, then Aguero, and then probably Mahrez. I, even though, that said, I don't think Mahrez was, was quite as good as a lot of people think. I think I do think he had a lot of quiet games. And In fact, I looked down the, the column of who he scored against this season, and yeah, there's, there's Chelsea and Leicester in there, fair enough, but he's not setting the world alight in terms of goals but I think he's he's learning from what he needs and as I said earlier on to be fair he he played last season he struggled with the tactical demands he's getting there a bit he's trusted a bit more I think he trusts himself a bit more but and he had that that big summer with Algeria so he was obviously knackered so he's one of the players you really want to keep an eye on at the moment in terms of coming back from from the lockdown with maybe a bit of a mental and physical refresher and and see how they get on and I mean certainly on the the, the evidence of tonight he was he was there, look, looking pretty good, and he, that was probably the classic Mares goal because it doesn't always come off. Usually he controls it brilliantly. Usually he tries to take on the fullback, but I'd probably say fifty percent of the time he gets tackled. And then usually he'll go for one of the corners, and again fifty percent of the time, maybe more, it doesn't go in. But he, he put it all together tonight, and obviously after Foden had got that goal from the edge of the box, that was the one then that basically sealed the game. And he uh, he scored a penalty as well, which I mean, two two penalties in two games. We're being spoilt by this uh, conversion rate now, you know. Well, talk about the mental break. I mean, if I think there there obviously was a bit of a complex about penalties before before the lockdown, but everything like everything seems to be behind them now. I'm not saying they're going to win every game now, but they they definitely look refreshed and they look in a much better place than they were beforehand. Was it a penalty? You know what? I've not seen it properly. Um, one of the drawbacks of doing a podcast so close to the final whistle is. I've got time to cover my ass and, and and look at go. Actually, this guy was good or this guy wasn't good. Um, but yeah, the other thing is, yeah, I, the replay was on. It looked it looked quite soft. Yeah, a few people have said it's soft. But the first thing I put in our city fans WhatsApp group was, "Why isn't that a penalty?" And then it was. Then they went back and gave it. So you know. Yeah, I'm I saw a few people on a few people on Twitter saying that should that should be a pen, and then it was given. But like, like I said, I haven't really seen it enough. 
Hello, I'm James Richardson, host of the Totally Football Show, now part of the Athletics Podcast Network. We're going to be here following all the action as the 2020 football season reaches its belated conclusion. And if you're an Athletics subscriber, you can now hear exclusive ad-free versions of our show on the Athletic app. And don't worry, if you're not a subscriber, you can still listen to us for free with the occasional word from our sponsor by searching for The Totally Football Show on Apple, Spotify and all the usual podcast places. The Totally Football Show with me, James Richardson, still totally free and now totally ad-free on The Athletic. There was an unsavoury start to the game, though, wasn't there, Sam? Uh, I think you you spotted it uh, fairly early on, and we could I could hear the the, the plane flying overhead on the on the TV uh, without the crowd noise. Mm. Um, it's just I mean it's just not nice to see at all, is it? Well, no, I, it, and like it threw me off. Like for the, I, I didn't concentrate on the game for about the first twenty minutes. To say for those that haven't seen it, it was uh, a plane flew over the uh, the Etihad with a, a banner off the back that said "White Lives Matter, Burnley." I heard the noise. I was like, "What's that?" And Simon Bukowski was sat in front of me, and he he said, it says that on the back. And I was like, well, I believe you, but fuck, surely not. And then I was, one of the security guards had a look, and I went, what does it say? And he said the same thing. I was like, right, fucking surely not. So I got up and had a look. And so I just, this is one of those things. I was like, I just have to see it with my own eyes. And there it was. It's just, it's just disgraceful, isn't it? Um, there's nothing more, well, there's a lot more you could say about it, really, because... I tweeted it as well. You know, with the whole "all lives matter" thing, there's there's a fair bit of ignorance you can you can credit people with there. There's a lot of people using it, I would say, in a racist way to take away from the the important message of Black Lives Matter. But I think there is a lot of ignorance for people who would just come into Black Lives Matter if they think you know it's some kind of slight on white people or people of all races. Then they're wrong. But at least you know they might not know that. Um, there's a grey area. Um, um, I'm reluctant to give them too much wiggle room, but there is a grey area. But white lives matter. I don't even think that's a point that's been made in the fucking deep south of America. There can be no doubt in the intention behind that message. And, uh, well, I mean, there is doubt in if you look at my replies on Twitter, but everybody knows. The people and the people who put the banner up there have been outed on Twitter already. Um, and they know exactly what they're doing. And it's it's just disgusting. And it's... Look, people... There's a reputation... Look, I'm not going to lie. There's a reputation attached to Burnley, which is incredibly unfair on the thousands of normal Burnley fans and, and the, you know, the club itself. This shouldn't be attached. You know, there will be thousands of right-thinking Burnley fans and the club itself who don't want to be don't want to be associated with this whatsoever. I was going to say, at this point, Burnley have released a statement which says, uh, Burnley Football Club strongly condemns the actions of those responsible for the aircraft and the offensive banner that flew over the Etihad Stadium on Monday evening. We wish to make it clear that those responsible are not welcome at Turf Moor. There's a, there's, it's, it's a full statement on the uh, on the official website. Um, but they've, they've come out quickly to, to uh, respond to it, which I suppose is, is, is good as well, Sam. Yeah, of course, but it, it, it could not be any other way. You would not want that associated with your football club or your, I don't know, whatever, your person, your company, whatever. And, it, I mean, it makes you wonder who's what, like, who's agreed to, to put that up. I mean, we know the intentions of the people who want it displayed on a banner, but what kind of, again, I think I've seen the name of the company, but what what kind of person would would want their company to be attached to that? Like, it beggars, but, like, it's just, it's incredible, really, in the worst sense. Like, it's un, it's unbelievable that... I mean, even saying it on Twitter is bad enough, but yeah, to, to go to those lengths. Let's finish on a positive note because it's two wins from two now for City. Um, they they go to Stamford Bridge. Chelsea, um, I, I, again, could be quite a dangerous opponent for them this week, especially with with having no time to recover from these games. 
Yeah, but that, I mean, that's why Guardiola made the eight changes for this. And people were saying on my Twitter today, they would want um, like nobody to play against Newcastle. Oh, sorry, against Chelsea, like uh, a proper second string, and then keep the keep the the first players for for Newcastle in the FA Cup because the FA Cup absolutely matters. And it's hard to argue with that logic. But yeah, you're just, but momentum, you're just getting momentum. the feeling. Yeah, momentum, Fit, fitness, and momentum—it's so important. But just the way the Guardiola approaches these games, like okay, it, it's different now. It's not—you know—this Burnley game famously would have been after United. It would have been after Arsenal. It would have been before Real Madrid, and this would have been the game where people were saying rest the players. But you just know he wouldn't have rested too many players ahead of Real Madrid. It—he might—he might have kept De Bruyne back, but I wouldn't be surprised if on Thursday night. It's more like the team he played against Arsenal with maybe a couple of the lads who played tonight and then the game against Newcastle is another mix, another mix of the lads who played against Arsenal tonight but kind of the other way around. Um, but I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised to see a strong team against Chelsea at all because they, you know, they want to box off finishing second and the best way to do that is do it early but also if you beat Chelsea then you put a distance between yourself and them, you know, the old metaphorical six-pointer and then obviously it... It kind of keeps you in the groove for Liverpool because Chelsea will be a difficult game, and we're talking about the technical side of the game now. That will be a big test, and they'll want to, yeah, they'll want to stay in the groove for obviously Newcastle, but Liverpool as well. So I would be surprised if it was a second string. We're talking before about uh, potential for Liverpool to win the title at the Etihad. I'm, I mean, I'm I'm just now more conscious of I just want Liverpool at City to stick as close as they can, keep that gap as small as possible and and hopefully City can hold on to that 19 points as the uh, as the Premier League record winning gap you know what I mean just just little wins like that Neil yeah and also like even when they when they drew with Everton you just think that's that's two points off two points further away from getting 100 points or you know whatever it may be I'm sure that's the I'm sure that's the mentality among the City fan base and the mentality among the players will be they absolutely do not want Liverpool winning here and they absolutely do not want Liverpool winning the title here that would be unspeakable for for the players as much as it would be for the fans Uh, yeah yeah exactly that Um, and I suppose in terms of football coming back and how much it means and maybe some of the City's games would be a bit meaningless and look maybe Southampton away and Brighton away won't be particularly exciting although they might be like this in terms of scoreline that Liverpool game would be fantastic obviously you would like having been at the stadium last year when City beat Liverpool here in January the atmosphere was fantastic then it is going to be a genuine shame to to not have that but as a game of football it's going to be something that people are going to want to watch should be quite a spectacle shouldn't it right well uh, that's it for this week's Why Are We you've been listening to Sam Lee yeah thanks very much guys and to me David Mooney don't forget you can sign up to The Athletic with a 40% discount now by using the code MANCITYPOD